there was in a small village not far away from the Russian city of Plotsk, there was a Yiddish a Jewish innkeeper whose name was Rebrefol. He was a very honest person, a Yiddish Shemayim, he feared Hashem, he learned Torah, and he was very, did a lot of Chnas Zerchim, he invited a lot of people. And his hotel and his guest house were known by everyone, everybody liked him. The Yidin Lahavdo, also the Goyim, everyone liked his hotel. And everybody knew he was very honest, he was very generous. And the Goyim liked coming to his hotel because they knew they could buy a nice drink, some mashke if they wanted to drink something. And they could buy some nice, tasty gefilte fish, whatever else they wanted. And if one of the Goyim couldn't pay right away, so he said, okay, you can pay me next time. He kept a, he kept a record, but he loved them, gave them some time. So he had a lot of customers, and business was good, and everyone liked him. And the phone and his wife were living happily. Just one thing was bothering them, was they, they weren't happy about it, weren't totally happy, is that they didn't have any children. So they'd always daven to Hashem, Hashem, please, we want children. But they realized, you know, we daven for everything, and not everybody gets everything. We're not in charge of the world. We daven to Hashem. So they're davening, and they're waiting, Hashem, please, send us a child came one day that in their town there came a new galach a new mini galach and he this priest in charge of the cloister he did not like Jewish people he was very meany and he was upset how come there's this Jew Rafal and all the guys are going to him and buying from him and he's getting good business. And he wanted to stop that. Why is this Jew getting money? Let me see if I can stop that. So first, he would get up in his cloister, in his place, when all the guys would come. And he would start telling them, You know, it's a big Aveda. It's a big bad thing to do if you ever buy anything from the Sirafal. If you ever give money. The Jews, they're very bad. You cannot do anything nice to them. It's a very, very bad thing. So he told them all, stop buying, go, don't go to Rafal's hotel, he didn't get any money, but it didn't really work. The, the guy all liked Rafal's hotel and his place to eat. He said, he's so nice to us, the food's so good, and he's so honest. What, this new Galach, what is he saying? Eh, most people ignored him. Only a few people stopped coming. Okay, but he still had a good, good parnasa. So this Galach was upset. Okay, people didn't stop going to him. Let me see another way I could be mean to him. So the Galach went to the Puritz, who was in charge of all the land. And he said, Puritz, every year, this Rafal comes to you to get a lease to rent out his hotel. The next time he comes, don't give it to him. Have him go away. Kick him out of there. But too bad for the for the Galach is the Puritz liked Rafal. He, he knew he was very honest and he was very nice. And also he knew Rafal was a very wise person. Sometimes the Puritz even asked Rafal advice for different things. So not only didn't listen, but he started to scream at the Galach and say, what are you saying? How dare you say that? You better stop. You better behave. And the Galach's not even more angry. He tried to get people not to go to him. And it didn't work. He tried to tell the Puritz to kick him out. It didn't work. So now he's thinking, how can I get something bad? He just wanted to do something nasty to the to this Yid. He's thinking, thinking. And it's coming close to Pesach. He thought of a meany, meany, nasty idea in his meany cup. He knew that on Pesach, Jewish people can't have chametz, bread, anything made out of grains, unless you made a special kosher for Pesach, like matzah. 
is chametz. You can't eat it on Pesach. Not only you can't eat it, a Jew is not allowed to own it. And so much so that if, let's say, I forgot my house in Muhammad's and I didn't sell, let's say, Chas Shalm, and I had it on Pesach, then I'm not allowed to have it anymore. If, let's say, Pesach comes after Pesach, I found a cookie or something there, so I have to get rid of it. Just burn it, throw it away. I, I, can't, I can't do anything with it. I'm not allowed, to, not allowed to eat it after Pesach. I can't even sell it, make money from it. So this Galach thought of a nasty, meanie plan. He said, you know, this Jew, he has a hotel with a lot of food. And mashke, the mashke, the alcohol, is all chametz. It looks like liquid, but they make it with grains, different things. It, it's chametz. So, so it must be, he sells it to someone. Who does he sell it to? He went to go find out. Ah, he found the guy who every year buys the chametz. And he went over to him and said, listen, you got to promise me this year, when the fall wants to sell the chametz to you, don't buy it from him. The guy said, why not? What do you mean? I buy the hummus from him and he sells back to him later. He pays me money and he gives me a free bottle of mashka, of alcohol before, or liquor, one before Pesach, and a free bottle of liquor after Pesach. It's very good. I like doing it. I get money and free, uh, and free liquor. Why shouldn't I do it? So the guy laughed, said, no, 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 no. Listen, however much money you get from the Jew, I'll give you double. And however much alcohol he gives you, I'll give you double. Just don't do it. And he said, just to make sure, like, to convince him, this guy, this guy was kind of simple. He didn't really understand, you know, wasn't so smart. And he thought the Galach, he thought he was a little bit holy, I don't know what. And he said, listen, I'll make a deal with you. If you don't sell, don't buy the chametz from this Jew, you listen to me, I will erase any Aveda, any bad thing you did, I'll erase it. So you have no more sins. You get to go up to heaven. You won't be punished for anything. But if you don't listen to me and you buy the chametz from that Jew, you're going to be cursed forever. So said, I don't want to be cursed by the Galach. Oh, no. He believed this, this silly Galach. So oh, okay, fine. Here, give him the money. Oh, okay, I won't do it with the Jew. Okay, fine. So then the Galach went, to, told all the goyim, all the, you know, and said, no one dare ever buy the chametz from the Jew. And also, if you don't buy it from him, then you're going to get a free mashke. You're going to get everything for free. You're going to get as much as you want. So, okay, fine. And, again, the Galach told everyone, you have to keep it a secret, or else he's going to find another way to sell it. Basically, the Galach finally thought he had a nasty, meanie, meanie plan. He finally, ha, finally going to get him. What's going to happen now? Comes Pesach, and he is not allowed to own any chametz. So what we do, we sell the chametz before Pesach. It belongs to a guy. It doesn't belong to us. And after Pesach, you can buy it back. But if you can't sell the chametz, you're not allowed to own it. It can't be yours. You have to get rid of it. So the guy is thinking, this Rafal is going to have to get rid of all his chametz, all those huge things that Mashke has in his hotel, and he's going to be losing a huge amount of money. So now he's going to get poor. So the is laughing. Ha! This uh, Jew is going to get poor now. Now he's going to lose all his business. Came at Pesach. And Rafal cleaned everything out, everything ready. And he's going to travel for Pesach to a different city with his wife. And it came out of Pesach. He was just waiting for the guy to come to his hotel who he's going to sell him the chametz. He comes every year. Came, waiting, waiting. The guy didn't come. And it's out of Pesach. So he, okay. The fall runs to his house to look for him. And he's not there. Knocks on the door. Not there. He says, okay, if this guy's not here, 
I have a, only have a few hours left. I need to quickly get rid of the chametz. So he runs over to another guy, another villager, someone there, and he says, "Okay, um, it's you know my my holiday coming. Can I sell you all the things?" He's explaining a little bit, and the guy he says, "No, not doing with you. I'll pay you for it. No, not doing it." And the guy has like a little bit of nasty smile on his face. Okay, goes up to another guy, starts to try to explain. No, not doing it for you. Again, like a little laugh in his face. So now he realizes something's wrong over here. Something's wrong. Is wrong. All they're saying no, and they're laughing a little bit. So he runs back. You know, and time's running out. It's almost time he has to get rid of the chametz. He's coming back. Runs back to his hotel. Thinks maybe this guy who came back, he's not there. So he realizes something's wrong over here. But what can I do? And he said, you know, it must be in Shemaim that. I'm supposed to lose my money because I can't own it. I can't keep it on Pesach. So he said, okay, if I need to do that, if I need to give it all my chametz, if I need to be poor, what can I do? I'll do it. He's about to leave and he calls out in a loud voice in Polish. And he says, listen, everyone, you can all come to my hotel, take all the food, all the drink, everything is for free. You come take anything you want. He left all the doors wide open and he got in his wagon, him and his wife, and they left for Pesach. He left the town and went to the bigger city for Pesach, for Yom Tov. And you might think that someone who just lost all his money, huge amount of mashkas, worth a lot of money, would be sad. You know, he just lost everything. What's he going to do later? How is he going to pay for food or everything? But when he came to the city to celebrate Pesach, no one saw any sadness on him. He was so happy celebrating Yom Tov with a simcha. We're getting out of Mitzrayim. We have miracles from Hashem. Thank Hashem and davening everything. No one could ever tell him anything that happened wrong. And in fall, he was happy about Pesach. And he was happy. He said, Baruch Hashem, I got to not have any chametz. And Baruch Hashem, he's happy that he wasn't sad about it. And I got to thank Hashem for what we have. Okay. Came after Pesach. And in fall and his wife, they go home to their village. And on the way home, he sees one of the guy, one of the peasants there. And he says, hey, Pavel, you and your friends had a good time. My hotel. All the free food and free drinks, right? Yeah? And uh, this peasant, this guy said back, No. No luck. As soon as you left, we all came to the hotel. Two huge black dogs. I mean, like, really big. And they look like, I don't know, like like uh, lions. And they look scary. They stood right in front of the hotel, we don't know where they came from, stood there like they were guarding. And we were all too scared to come close because they looked like, before we could take a bite of your food, it looked like they would bite us up into pieces. So no one, not even the holy priest, you know, holy priest, yeah, not even the holy galach, dared come close. He said, wow, that's an interesting story. So the fall came close to his hotel and he saw those two huge black dogs, you know, these big dogs, but instead of attacking him, they came over to him like a nice little uh, pet. Started licking him, smiling, and then they they left and went, went to the forest. So I fell realized that, yeah, this wasn't a normal thing. It must have been from Shemaim that Hashem sent them to protect his hotel. So he came in and saw everything is there. All the hummus is there. So now he's getting a little worried. One second. All my hummus is here in my hotel the house is still mine. I didn't give away the house. I said you could eat the chametz. But, one second, am I allowed to use the chametz now? Because if the chametz belonged to a Jewish person, 
on Pesach, you're not allowed to use it. You have to get rid of it. If, it, if you sold it to a guy who didn't belong to Yid, then you can use it. But did I like own it? It was sitting in my hotel. Am I allowed to use it? Not allowed to use it? He decided he wanted to go ask the big rub, the goin, the rub of Plutsk. So he went over to the rub and told him the whole story. And they're discussing the whole thing. And the rub said, he picked up sack and said, you know what? You're allowed to use it. Everything's fine. You can use the mashke and sell it. You can use all the food. Because before Pesach, you gave it away. You said, anyone come, come take it for free. It's not mine. So it wasn't yours. The fact that Hashem made a miracle and sent animals to guard it didn't make it yours. It wasn't yours. So now after Pesach, you took it back. But it didn't belong to a Jew on Pesach. Now you took it back. It's like you bought it again. So you're allowed to use it. You're allowed to sell it everything. Okay. So he was going home. And in full, he said, you know, he knew the Rav was right. The Rav said, that's what the Taita says. But he still felt a little uncomfortable that I didn't sell the chametz to anyone. And now I'm gaining from the same chametz. Maybe, you know, it embedded to sell it. Maybe it was like a little bit kind of like mine. You know, I know it's a miracle, but maybe I really shouldn't, shouldn't use it. He just felt a little uncomfortable using this chametz that was sitting in his hotel and it wasn't sold. So he didn't tell his wife anything. He just went right into the hotel and said, you know what? I, I still don't want to use it. And he right away opened, it's kind of like a sink. He had attached this huge big thing of mashke, opened it up, and all the mashke started flowing on the floor and flowing outside the hotel like a little river. And the guy saw this river of mashke coming out, and they came running over, and they came running on the ground and drinking it up from the ground, this mashke, until they got drunk or rolling over like drunk on the ground. So in a fall, he just gave up all his, all the money he had, twice. Once, right before Pesach, he shouldn't have chametz. And then after Pesach, and he got it back, he still felt, he didn't feel comfortable having it, so he gave it up. So in Shemayim, it made a big commotion. And in Shemayim, they decided, you know what, not only we're going to make sure he gets all the money back he lost, but he's also going to get a very, very big bracha. The bracha he was waiting for for a long time. To have a child. So that's what they decide in Shemaim. He's going to get all his money back. So what happened? In Shemaim, they decide he's going to get his money back. So all of a sudden, down in this world, the Puddits in charge of the whole place, he heard of the story, how the Jew gave up all his mashka, everything. And he said, Oh, the Galach making tricks, making my good friend Rafal lose his money? Okay, listen, Rafal, you get to have the hotel for free for the next two years. Every year I had to pay the pot's money for the hotel. So for the next few years for free, in order you should be able to get back all your money that you lost. And Mr. Galach, you're making trouble. I got an idea. You, get out of town, quickly. And the, the pot's had soldiers, he could do that. And send them, send them, had to chase him out of town. And now, exactly one year later, Rabbi Thor's wife gave birth to a boy who later became a famous guy in Rabbi and now, finally, Rafal and his wife, they were happy. Baruch Hashem, they finally had a child. <laughs>